Hello, and welcome to the Full Spectrum Holistic Health Podcast. Now, this podcast is all about holistic health, what it is, various holistic and alternative health therapies, and how those may help you to be a healthier person. Thanks for choosing to listen today, because I know that there are many podcasts out there for you to choose from, but I'm glad you're here. I'm the host for the podcast, Dr. Anthony Burton. I'm a Reiki master, EFT therapist, meditation teacher, shamanic practitioner, and sound therapist. My goal is to help people be healthier in mind, body, and spirit. And that's why I'm here. A large part of what I do is really educational in nature, because so many people are unaware of the power and efficacy of various holistic and alternative therapies. In these podcasts, you'll hear stuff that I hope will inform you, enlighten you, and energize and balance you. And, of course, it's not only going to be my opinions and ideas, because occasionally I will be interviewing knowledgeable and interesting guests from a variety of areas of holistic, complementary, and even allopathic medical practice. So kick back and relax, open your mind, and listen. Spectrum Holistic is a complementary health and wellness business located in Northwest Georgia, USA. Check out the website at www.spectrum-holistic.com. You know, no one in this world is ever perfectly healthy 100% of the time. doesn't matter if they are, you know, just an exercise guru or anything else. Everybody gets sick or they get injured once in a while. And when that happens, you want to heal as quickly as possible. So what I want to talk about this t- today in this episode is factors that it can affect how you heal, how fast you heal, heal, and how well you heal. First point is, this may sound silly, what is your mental attitude? Mental attitudes and emotions have an immense impact on how we heal. I've spoken about this before in my podcast, but I want to reiterate a couple of points here. Now, more than one scientific study has shown that having a positive attitude can increase the body's ability to heal and make it heal faster. A large part of this is explained by what is called neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity brain's ability to change over time with repetitive statements or thoughts. Now that goes for positive statements and negative statements. For instance, constantly telling yourself or thinking, man, I am never going to recover from this broken leg. Or, oh, I'm just stuck with being overweight forever. Will over time change how the brain deals with the healing process. And believe me, the brain controls a lot of what is happening with healing. Now, the better idea than keeping those negative thoughts in your head, making negative statements, is to put positive thoughts and affirmations into your psyche. Now, some people might say, oh, man, that is just wishful thinking, just giving yourself false hope. That is not how the brain works. If you keep your mental and emotional focus looking forward to a healthier future, your brain will respond in a way that encourages the body to heal faster and more completely. But as I said, 
Putting those negative, defeatist thoughts into your brain will push you in the opposite direction. My wife, career RN, as well as a Reiki healer, has seen many cases where two patients can have similar health issues. But one patient fought and pushed forward toward healing, while the other one gave up. And this slowed their healing, and sometimes they just passed away. Losing the will to live can literally be fatal. Another thing to think about is, how is your sleep? And when I ask this, I mean really good, healthy sleep. All living beings need times of rest, whether they're human beings or dogs or cats or snakes or fish or even plants. But what is good sleep and why does it affect how your body heals? Well, good sleep is not simply what happens when you close your eyes and become unconscious for a few hours. Good, healthy sleep is complex and actually occurs in stages. Essentially, there are three types of sleep. Light, deep, and REM sleep. REM stands for REM. That's uh, rapid eye movements. Now, not one of these is better than the other, because you need all three kinds of sleep to be your very best. Now, on the average, this means about 50% light sleep, 25% deep sleep, and 25% REM sleep. Point of interest, REM sleep is where your dreams occur. Okay? Now, some people say, oh, I never dream. Well, you are dreaming. But the only time you really recall a dream is when you wake up either in the middle of it or very close to the end of it. Because you, you might have noticed if you do dream and you wake up in the morning, most of the time those dreams, they fade like nobody's business. They fade out within a few minutes. And someone asks you to have, tell them details about the dream, they, in an hour, oh, it's really difficult. So anyway, this series of light sleep and deep sleep and REM sleep all in one are considered to be one stage. Now, typically, humans cycle between these stages of sleep, in other words, uh, a light sleep, a deep sleep, and a REM sleep, about every 80 to 100 minutes. And a good healthy sleep session means you get about four to six of those 80 to 100 minute sleep cycles. But why is that important for healing? Well, the sleep time is when our bodies not only rest, but they also recuperate from the day. This is when your body can focus on replacing dead or damaged cells, skin cells, bone cells, muscle cells, mucous membranes, etc. All that stuff is rebuilt at night while you're sleeping or in the daytime while you're sleeping, whatever. Now, in addition to the body's cell maintenance, this is also when your subconscious mind will deal with issues that have occurred during the day or recent past. Maybe you had a problem at work that really you can't, just can't figure it out. Um, maybe there was a disagreement of some sort with a friend or family member. Maybe you're working on that next chapter in the great American novel and you can't figure out how to make that plot twist get in there. Many times your subconscious, while you're asleep, will take charge and sift out the various options and possibilities for solutions. And why is it easier? Well, it's easier when you're asleep because your mind isn't distracted by the things around you. Sounds, sights, lights, 
conversations, etc. So the focus that your subconscious mind puts on it is more on the problem and the possible solutions than on all the normal distractions of waking life. How is your breathing? Now, there are a lot of things that can have an impact on how well we breathe. Maybe you are in an environment where the air is not clean. Maybe you work in an industrial environment, a place where people smoke around you, or a dusty environment, such as plowing a field, or performing other tasks that produce a lot of particulate matter, like working in a, a sawmill or working in a wood shop. Our bodies need fresh, clean air with all of its usual components, oxygen and nitrogen and argon, etc., in order to properly burn calories, to heal damaged cells, and to create new cells. If we deprive our bodies of that fresh, clean air, we reduce the body's ability to do all those things and thus to heal. Like I say, if you ingest that dirty or tainted air, you're just not going to heal as quickly. Now, what about, I know I'm going to step on someone's toes, smoking. Smoking, whether it's a cigar, cigarette, pipe, vape, and not just smoking, but also uh, chewing tobacco, dipping, snuff, whatever. All of those contain nicotine. And even though you're not smoking the snuff or the chewing tobacco, still the nicotine gets in your system. The nicotine will close constricted blood vessels and it'll keep that good oxygenated blood that your lungs are producing from getting to the sick or damaged areas. Air that contains dust or other particles will irritate the body's respiratory system. And, of course, this causes inflammation. And this also restricts blood flow to the areas that need to be healed. I know a lot of people enjoy a few drinks. And alcohol is often thought of as a stimulant to thought processes. But the truth is, alcohol is a central nervous system depressant. Alcohol can inhibit the body's immune systems, too. And this reduces the body's ability to fight infection. And of course, if you can't fight infection the way you should, then that slows the healing process and makes it more dangerous because extra infection may occur you you know you may have just cut your toe and fine the alcohol might keep it healing as quickly as it should but also it could cut down on your ability to fight infection so the toe may become infected and make it even worse if you have a broken bone alcohol is a contributor to the poor healing of fractures and this is because alcohol reduces production of the specific cells required for the formation of bone callus and new bone tissue. Alcohol even slows the healing of nerve cells and once I'm talking about healing of bone tissue and other cells, that smoking thing, that's bad too. <laughs> Just like I mentioned before, the smoking and the alcohol. If you smoke and drink alcohol, it's a double whammy on how your body tries to heal and you're just hurting yourself. How's your mental state? How relaxed are you? Now, there have been a lot of scientific and medical studies that have shown that patients who are relaxed heal more quickly. It's really reasonable, you know, because tension in the body causes your muscles to tighten up. You know, you've gotten those tension headaches before where your neck is stiff and 
your face feels all tight, you know, and your shoulders are... Uh, when those muscles tighten up, this restricts the proper flow of blood to those tissues that need to heal. And this, in turn, diminishes their ability to heal. And that's a big reason why doctors often say when you're ill, hey, you need to go home, relax, get some rest, because otherwise you're not going to heal. And people say, oh, I don't have time to rest. Well, do you have time to be sick? Because if you don't rest and relax your body, it's going to heal more slowly and you're going to be sick it is now I do understand that for many people relaxing means a couple of cold ones or maybe a mixed drink or three but this is actually self-defeating remember what I just said about alcohol consumption and how it affects the healing process now there are better ways to relax listening to some soothing music or maybe nature recording Take a hot soak in a bathtub or even a hot shower. And if you're into it, meditating. And while you're at it, be sure to get enough sleep. Of course, this might mean that you reduce your intake of caffeine for a while because a lot of people, when they drink those seven or eight cups of coffee during a day, it makes it hard for them to sleep at night. They want to cut back on that because if you're not sleeping well and not relaxing and you're all tense, you're not going to heal. How's your circulation? Unless you are in a situation where you simply cannot do so, light exercise, I mean light exercise, will get the blood flowing through your veins and thus stimulate healing. Now, I will say this. You should always, always, always check with your physician before embarking on any sort of exercise program, especially if you have some health condition, you're sick or you're injured, and follow your physician's advice. Don't just jump into it. I can tell you a story. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was really chubby. And I got sick of it. So one night I decided, I'm going to lose this belly. And I, after everybody went to sleep, I stuck my feet under the edge of the bed. And I forced myself to do 55 sit-ups. Doesn't sound like a lot, right? But I had never done sit-ups maybe, maybe three or four at a time before that. 12 years old. Next day, I had to come home from school. My stomach muscles were so sore. I felt like somebody had repeatedly punched me. Uh, so I, it was dumb for me to just jump right into that. I should have worked my way up to that. How's your diet? Now, I don't mean if you're following a keto plan or Atkins diet or Weight Watchers or whatever. I mean... What do you eat or drink on a regular basis, regardless of whether you may be trying to gain weight or lose weight? Some people do try to gain weight, you know, muscle builders and stuff. Modern Western diets are typically full of things that our ancestors would not have even recognized as food. They certainly do not have the same nutritional content as what our ancestors ate. Vegetables and fruit are great for you. But I'll tell you, if they're grown on farms where chemical fertilizers and pesticides are used, you're eating stuff that you may not even know you are eating. Petrochemicals, you know, like the standard bag of, you know, 10-10-10 or 6-12-12 fertilizer that you pick up at the feed store or the hardware store are used to 
quote-unquote enrich the soil in most factory farms. Weed killers and pesticides are used to make it easier to harvest the crops and to make the fruits and veggies look nicer by not having insect damage. Now, the thing about it is, all this stuff is done not for your sake, but for the sake of the farmer because they want to be able to sell as many veggies as possible so they want major, major production and they want harvesting to be easy so they don't want the weeds to be in the way. Uh, they want the fruit and veggies to look pretty so they want to kill the bugs. But in the, so doing, they put those chemicals on there and those same chemicals are harmful to us, the humans who eat the food and also to the environment where the food is grown. Also, factory farms, usually monoculture farms. Monoculture means that they devote, you know, hundreds or thousands of acres to growing only one crop like corn or wheat or whatever. Um, they deplete their soil of naturally occurring nutrients. So they try to replace it with chemical fertilizers. Scientific studies, serious scientific studies have shown that crops grown on these unnaturally fertilized fields are ones that use chemical fertilizers instead of normal, you know, stuff like uh, manure and leaf mold and all that kind of thing. They actually have less nutritional value per ounce than crops that are grown in that natural stuff. So that tomato that's at the grocery store and it looks so beautiful sitting there you know on the shelf in the cooler uh, maybe huge like, like oh gosh I can make four or five sandwiches out of that tomato it's so beautifully bright red it has no bug marks on it <sighs> it may be all those things and bigger and prettier than the one that's grown in the garden with natural humus and natural fertilizer but the smaller tomato that might not be as pretty will literally be healthier for you because it will be more nutritious and probably it'll taste better into the bargain. Okay, so I'm talking about vegetables and fruits here. Maybe you are one of those people who's more of a carnivore. And I won't debate the ethics of that, ethics of that with you because honestly, eh, once in a while I crave a steak or a pork chop. But I do want to talk about the meats you usually buy in your grocery store or get in a sandwich at your local fast food joint. Whether it's chicken or beef or pork or lamb, if it is grown on a factory farm, you are getting more than you bargain for, and I don't mean that in a good way. Factory farm animals are loaded with antibiotics, not because they are sick, but because the people who raise them give them what are called preventive antibiotics. Not long ago, I published an episode about CAFOs, or Concentrated Animal Feeding Operations, where I gave a lot more information about that, so I'm not going to repeat it all here, but I do recommend that you go back and listen to that episode. The other thing that these concentrated animal feeding operations have in common is hormones. First of all, stress hormones. Every living thing, even plants, develop stress hormones when they are forced to grow in an unnatural environment and growth hormones because many times in those concentrated animal feeding operations they put growth hormones in the feed for the animals that means that they can make those chickens or pigs or whatever plump up faster develop more meat on their bones 
and that means that they can sell them for a higher price, and if they plump up faster, they can pump through the system quicker and put more uh, chickens through a, say, a chicken house in one year. <sighs> the problem is those hormones, whether they are stress hormones or whether they are growth hormones, and usually both, they don't just evaporate when the animal is slaughtered. They don't run out with the blood and leave the, the meat all clean and untainted. They stay in the meat. And when you eat that meat, you also consume the hormones, whether they're stress hormones or growth hormones. So I've been talking about the food we eat, and you might be wondering what this has to do with how we heal. Well, a few points here. If you want to heal, you need good, nutrient-rich food to enable your body to heal properly. It's just, you know, if you don't put good materials into it, if you're building a house and you use crappy 2 by 4s and weak concrete and nails that are too weak to hold the boards together, your house is going to be in bad shape. It's going to start to fall apart and crack at the seams. Same thing goes for how you build your body. Vegetables and fruits grown in factory farms have less of the nutrients that they, your body needs than those organically grown veggies and fruits. Now, people say, oh, but it costs so much money to buy organic fruits and veggies. It does cost a little more sometimes. Here's the thing. It's uh, economy of scale. First of all, how much do you value your health? Uh do you want to pay the doctor later or do you want to pay for the organic veggies now? Pretty simple. The economy is a scale. That means, you know, if more people are buying organic fruits and veggies, then more places will carry them and the price will go down. Remember when cell phones first came out? They were ungodly expensive. But the more people who bought cell phones, they came down in price. You know, I can go down to local discount store and buy a simple phone for $49 that in the first year the cell phones came out would have cost me about a thousand because of the economies of scale. Another point, you do not want to consume food that is contaminated with chemicals like pesticides and herbicides because those chemicals do stay in the food even after it's cooked and they will harm the body in addition to slowing the healing process. That's the way it works, or doesn't work in this case. Last point. Eating animals that have been raised in a feedlot or a factory farm, such as a CAFO, is unhealthy because you yourself end up consuming the preventive antibiotics and the hormones, whether it's stress hormones or whatever, and all these things contribute to slow healing of the body. There's so many different things that can contribute to a slow healing process. And honestly, I've only dipped my toe in the water here. When your body is injured, when you contract an illness, if you develop something like cancer or leukemia, you don't want to do things that will keep you from healing. It doesn't do you any good at all. So keep what I've said here in mind. Be smart. None of us like to anticipate expect to get sick or hurt but you know what it happens so take care of yourself avoid the things that may keep you from healing you'll be healthier in the long run and if you do happen to get injured or ill you'll heal 
more quickly. Take time to think about it. I want to thank you for being here and listening to the podcast today. I hope it's been interesting, informative, and thought-provoking. If you did find it interesting, please be sure to return for another episode. And tell your friends about it, too. I appreciate if you do that, because it really helps me out. You can share directly from most podcast platforms, and subscribing to the podcast would be great. If you want to tell me you like the show, or that you hated it, that you agree or disagree with me, or anything else, really, go for it. Just leave a message for me on your podcast platform. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep an open mind. Namaste. Namaste.